Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. We're excited about this new series. Just turn to your neighbor on your right and say, you look fantastic. Come on. Turn to the one on your left and say, you look fantastic too. Amen. We're starting a brand new series today. I was actually supposed to start this last week, but um, I rebelled against the uh, all conformity, and I decided that I wanted to preach something else. And uh, I preached on the power of perception last week, which was a great message. I agree, Brian. It really was good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was good. But um, anyways, but uh, I, I'm uh, starting. We're starting this brand new series, and uh, and here's the thing: if you if you have a Bible, turn to Galatians one. Galatians 1, and, uh, and what we do in the summertime is, is typically we have the people who are just the diehards, the, the regular people who are coming, you know, it's, it's, uh, we, don't, we don't typically grow as much in the summer as we do in the fall, and, and, uh, and, and so what we do is we just like to pause all of our normal series that we do, because we, we do a lot of series here at the church, we just came out of a series called At the Movies, which was a lot of fun, but, but we're always doing uh, different series, but what we like to do is we like to pause our series. And we go into a little bit deeper study uh, of either a book in the Bible. Last year we did a series called Running with the Giants where we just looked at uh, great men and women of God who have done great things and kind of studied their life. And, and this, this year or this summer we're going to do uh, for the next four to six weeks. The reason why I say four to six weeks is because I don't like to be put in a box. If I want to do four weeks, I'll do four weeks. If I want to do six, then I'll do six, okay? So for the next uh, four to six weeks, we're going to just kind of look at the book of Galatians. And, and I just want to lay a little bit of groundwork for you, okay? Because we are studying. Come on. Are you just, just tap somebody and say, you're here to learn. Are you here to learn? Come on, just tap some. The book of Galatians, I believe, will help ground you in your walk with God. Okay, I really believe that it was it will help ground you and just to lay a little bit of foundation. uh, The book of Galatians was written by the Apostle Paul. Now, uh, just so you know, the uh, apostle is really just a fancy word for a church planner. Because Paul was a a church planner. And what he would do is he would go into a region and he would plant a church. And after he would plant the church, he would begin to impart into men and women in that area and say, hey, listen. And then what would happen is, is that once they were ready, he would hand the church to them and he would go do it all over again. And that's the reason why he just he just knew that he had to get the gospel to as many people as he could. Now, here's what's amazing about Paul is Paul was not always that way. In fact, there was a time when Paul uh, hated Christianity. And it says that he lived a life that was, he was trying to do away with Christianity. He was trying to stop Christianity. In fact, he would go into people's homes. If he found out they were a Christian, he would arrest them and throw them into prison and have them beaten. He was even around when, when uh, people uh, stoned a Christian to death. And he was holding their coats and approving it. Now, here's the thing. Is that I am so glad that God still called a man who was messed up. 
I'm so glad. See, because God doesn't look at who he was. He looked at what he could be. And can I tell you, I don't know where you are in your walk with God. Maybe you're in this place and you're saying, man, I don't even have a walk with God. But can I tell you that God looks at the way that you can be, not the way that you are. Just like he, he did with Paul. He said, you know what, I've got a great call on your life. And Paul began to fulfill this and go to churches and, and, and just plant church after church after church. And Paul ended up doing amazing things. And you, you look at the life of Paul and he lived a very hard life. After he became a Christian, he was shipwrecked. Come on, he was beaten. He was thrown into prison. He lived a tough life. And, and uh, you know, Christians today act like they have it rough because, you know, somebody didn't say hi to them. At church, so I'm leaving this church. They didn't say hi to me, sister. Yeah, Paul was beaten, okay, and he still loved the church. And so, but uh, but here's the deal: is that Paul ended up writing two thirds of the New Testament, almost two thirds of the New Testament. And if you look at the the writings of Paul, and I and I'll have people just just kind of add on to this. I have people say, "Oh, I don't even know where to start reading my Bible." Can I t- just start in the Book of John? Read Acts and then go all the way until you hit Revelations. And as soon as you hit Revelations, do a U-turn and read Mark. Well, I'm not trying to hide you from Revelations. It's just a lot to take in, okay? So I like to get people founded and grounded in the gospel of Jesus before we go on to the end times, okay? So there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're like, where do I start? Just start in John and hit Acts and then go all the way through, okay? Uh, But but here's the thing is that, that the book of Galatians was written to the church of Galatia. Okay, Paul wrote letters and they're titled based on where, who they went to or where they went to. So this book was written to the, uh, a group uh, in, a, in a town called Galatia. And in this region, now it would be in modern day, about the heart of modern day Turkey. Okay, you all with me? And uh, heart of modern day Turkey. And so he's writing to this. Now you'll see other books that are written to uh, like Timothy. And that means that it was written to the pastor, not to the church, okay? So this is just, I'm just laying some groundwork and some foundation, okay? You, you good? Everybody good? Galatians 1, 1 through 7. Let's read it together. It says this, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, Grace to you and peace from the God, uh, I'm sorry, from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace. Come on, somebody say grace. Come on, somebody say grace. Grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Amen? If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, you can title this message, The Other Gospel. The Other Gospel. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you would use me to speak to the hearts of your people. 
Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. The other gospel. See, after Paul had planted this church in Galatia, he went on to, to plant other churches, and he had raised up people. And, and after he had left, this is what happens. He, he, he hears kind of through the grapevine what's going on. And what happened was is that, uh, that Christian Jewish people had come into the church of Galatia and began to say, yeah, we understand that we're saved by grace through faith, and all of that's good, but you got to understand that we have to go back and start doing some things if you want to be a Christian. So they said, it's not just by grace, but you actually have to add some works into it. If you really want to please God, you got to do some works with it. And Paul finds out about this, and he says, no, 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 no. Why are you turning away so soon to a perverted gospel? Why are you turning away so soon? Here's what the Christian Jews began to come in and tell the Gentiles. The number one thing was, is you need to be circumcised. And all the men said, oh, Lord. Males joining the church dropped dramatically during that time. I mean, they just all of a sudden, wait, you want, to, you want me to cut what? To join your church? Like, no, I'm good. You go ahead. I'll go to a different church, okay? We're, we're good. You know, that's the way it was going on. And, 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 and here's the thing is, is that so many people do the same thing today. Now, we're not talking circumcision, but we always are trying to add something for you to get to God. you got to add this or you got to do this if you want to ever please. God or reach God, and I'm telling you right now that that's a perverted gospel. It's a perverted gospel. This still happens today over and over and over again. And I don't really think that most people really intend to do it. How many of you have, uh, um, growing up in school, ever played the game, uh, well, we called it Telephone? And I love the game telephone. It was always a, a lot of fun. And, and for those of you that are lost or didn't have a good childhood, I'll tell you what telephone was. And so, uh, but what we would, the, the teacher would write down a message usually, and then, and then they would, she would get everybody in a line. And, uh, and then she would hand the message to somebody like Jimmy on the front row. And here you go, Jimmy. And he would read the message, and then he would turn and he would read it into the next, or he would tell it to the next person sitting beside him. And then they would, uh, they would pass it on to the next person and the next person and would keep going down the row until finally it got to the last person, and the last person would have to stand up and tell the message that they heard. Anybody with me? You know what I'm talking about. And nine times out of ten, it was completely the wrong, not even close to the original message. Not even close to what, what it started out being. And here's the thing, is that that's exactly what happens today. And the only way you're ever going to know what the original message is, and to know that you're hearing the wrong message, is to go back to the original message and say, this is what it really says. And I'm telling you right now, church, that I strive as a pastor to always be a guy that says this. I don't care what religion says. I don't care what your beliefs are. I don't care what your thoughts are, if it's not in the original gospel, I'm not preaching it. Well, Brian, you need to preach about uh, people don't need, uh, they're not going to heaven if they got tattoos. No, because I'm out. So I'm definitely not preaching that one. But 
based on what they've heard and where they grew up. But I've never hear you won't hear a message that Jesus or Paul or Peter or any of them ever preached about tattoos. What they go back to is Leviticus 19. But in that same passage, it says this, that men should not trim their beards or shave their heads. We're all in trouble, guys. Like if we're going to take the law, we got to take it all. And based on what they've heard, it's, it's not meant to be twisted, but they begin to twist it and say, no, you have to begin to earn your salvation. And there's certain things that you have to do. And I have people that come up to me all the time and say, Brian, you know what? You need to preach about sin. You need to preach against sin. And here's, here's the best way that I can describe that. And I know I had one guy that came into the church and I asked him, well, how'd you, how'd you like the church? He was new, and I didn't like it at all. And I was like, well, thank you for your honesty. I appreciate that. Worked really hard on that message. It's about 20 hours of my week down the drain, but thanks. Um, and uh, anyways, he said, no, I didn't like it all. And I said, well, okay. I said, well, why not? He said, well, when I leave a church, I want to feel the weight of my sin." And I said, you've come to the wrong church. Here, here's the reason why. Okay, here's, here's the reason why. I'm just going to kind of try to describe this to you the best I can. What if you went to the doctor and you, you, you've been having some uh, sickness and you've ha- had some symptoms in your body, you haven't been feeling well, and you go to the doctor and the doctor looks at you and said, well, I have bad news for you. You have cancer. And if we don't do something about it, it's going to kill you. Okay, I'm sure you're devastated by this news. You're shocked by this news. You're not sure what's going to happen, but and he schedules an appointment for the next week. And you come back the next week, and he goes, well, the reason why you're still sick in your body is because you have cancer. And if we don't do something about it, you're going to die. Okay, we, t- we established that last week, right? Uh, come back next week. And then you come back the next week and he says, well, I got bad news for you. You got cancer. And if we don't do something about it, you're going to die. Okay, I've got this so far. See, at some point in time, you're going to stop coming back to hear the same information over and over again. And you're going to say, Doc, listen, stop telling me about the cause and start talking to me about a cure. I don't need to hear why I'm sick in my body and why I'm messed up and why my life's in shambles. I need to hear about a gospel that can change my life and set me free. But I want to hear about the cause and the cause and the cause and the cause. I want to talk to you about a cure. You want to know the cure for whatever it is that you're going through? It's understanding who you are in Christ. The grace of God is for you and he has set you free. That will forever change your life. The reason why you keep struggling with the same sin over and over and over and over and over again is because you're focused on the same sin over and over and over and over and over again. If you begin to say, God, I thank you right now that I'm not what I looked at. I thank you right now that I'm not that lie. I thank you right now. And you begin to talk about, I thank you for your grace and your mercy that set me free. And you begin to focus on the goodness of God. I'm telling you right now. 
It'll change your life. Paul preached grace so strong that people said, man, no, 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 you got to stop preaching grace like this. You're giving people a license to sin. Can I tell you, you don't need a license to sin. Last time I checked, you're doing just fine on your own. He said, I'm not preaching it so that you can go out and sin and, and, and just have a party and do whatever you want. I'm preaching the grace of, of, of Jesus because I want you to understand that it's his grace that sets you free, that makes you clean, that redeems you. And he even went on to say, yeah, where sin abounded, grace abounds much more. Come on, somebody. But what happens is we begin to twist the original gospel. We begin to pervert the original gospel. I get on planes sometimes traveling, and I'm sure that some of you have. You know, you're kind of on the plane, and and if you get seated first, I don't know if anybody else ever does this, but I, I say a little prayer that I don't get seated next to a stinky person. There was a, we were coming back from Mexico. Uh, Crystal and I were, went to Cancun for a little vacation the other day, a, a few weeks ago. And, and, and there was a guy that got on the plane and he stunk. He was right in front of us and he stunk so bad. And here's the bad thing is he was with family. And I'm like, why wouldn't the family say, man, listen, I love you, bro, but you stink, okay? You need to go wash some private areas and get everything taken care of. Because this is something going on here. I love you enough to tell you, you stink. But I, so we were praying this prayer and we got stuck next to a stinky guy. And, and, uh, but, but what always happens to me on planes, and I'm sure it happens to you, is we kind of exchange some pleasantries and, you know, hey, how are you doing? And then ultimately, without fail, they always ask me this, what do you do for a living? And I say, I'm a pastor. And they say, I hate religion. And I look at them and say, I hate religion too. And every time it shocks them. They're like, wait a second. Isn't that a conflict of interest? Like, this is your job, man. Like, you're supposed to love what you do. Like, I feel like you, you need to love religion. And I said, no, you don't understand. I don't, I hate religion I love the gospel. See, because religion gives you a list of things that you have to do. And the reason why you hate religion, the reason why you hate church, is because you've gone in and they begin to tell you everything you do. Just like the original text here in Galatians, it says this. You've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and then God loves you, and God will accept you. And can I tell you that that is a perverted gospel? Because if you don't like that, can I tell you, you, you go back to the original gospel and you'll begin to understand that God's grace is good enough, that his mercy is good enough, that his love for you is big enough. And if you'll begin to understand that he has a hope, a call on your life, that he has called you out of darkness into his... Man, what happens when you begin to get that on the inside of you? Everything begins to change. We begin to change the original God, oh my Lord, Jesus. I haven't even got into my message yet. Uh, 
Lord Jesus. All right, let's compare the two. I got to go quick. Real quick. See, one focuses on comparison. One focuses on comparison. And here's what I mean by that. That as long as you're doing better than the person next to you, then you're okay. It's kind of like the old saying, you know, as long as I, I don't have to run faster than the bear, as long as I can run faster than you, I'll be in good shape. Are y'all with me? That's what, that's what a lot of, that's what religion will tell you over and over again. As long as you're doing better than the person next to you, then you're in good shape. And here's the thing. As long as I read eight chapters, then I'm doing better than Matt who read five verses. It doesn't matter, uh, it doesn't matter how I lived or what, it's all about what I did. The other focuses on what Jesus has already done. See, not what I have done, but Jesus has done. See, I don't care if you read eight chapters this morning. It shouldn't be how many chapters you read. It should be how much Jesus did you find in the Bible that you read. See, because that's what I do when I'm reading the Bible. It's not to fulfill some religious duty. It's to find Jesus because Jesus is the one that changes everything. He's the one that sets me free. He's the one that, come on, he's the one that points to my destiny. But a lot of us make it more about a duty than we do about what Jesus has already done. Luke 18, 9 through 14 says this. Also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves. Can I ask you a question? Who are you trusting in? See, if you make it about yourself, you're only trusting in yourself and you're not good enough. Trusting themselves that they were righteous and despised others. This is Jesus talking. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector, pointing to another man. I fast twice a week what I've done. I give tithes of all that I possess, what I've done. And the the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this, that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. See, can I tell you that one man looked at himself and everything that he had done, and he was comparing himself to somebody else and thought because he was better than him that he was more justified than him. But one man looked up and said, God, I'm not good enough. I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. I make mistakes, and I'm crying out for your mercy. See, here Jesus steps in and says, this guy went away justified and the other didn't. Who are you putting your trust in? One focuses on trying to earn God's approval. There was a Gallup poll recently done across the nation, and they determined that depending on where you grew up, drastically changed the way you saw God. And, and what, what the, the, the overwhelming majority did in, in the South is they saw God as angry and someone who can never be satisfied. 
he, he couldn't be pleased. And, and it's nearly like, I, I think that a lot of people have this distorted view of what God is. And we nearly seem like, come on, like the Wizard of Oz. Anybody grew up watching the Wizard of Oz? Where you come in and you're shaking and you're scared to death and there's this booming voice behind this black curtain and it says, no, it does, and then you begin to say, God, I just, I really need you to help me out in this. And he said, no, 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 no. You haven't done anything for me yet. Once you do something for me, then you can come into my presence. Can I tell you that you don't have to do anything, that God loves you? The Bible says this, come boldly into my presence to receive grace and mercy to help in time of need. You don't have to do anything. Romans 5, 8 says this, that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. See, the other understands this, that Jesus loves you and accepts you in spite of what you've done. In spite of what you've done. There's some of you that came in today and during worship, you had this thought. I'm just going to lift my hands and I'm just going to worship. I'm going to sing this song. But as soon as you had that thought, you remembered everything that you've done this week. How you yelled at your wife on the way to church. How you threw that golf club on the golf course and cussed like a sailor. How you lied to your boss at work because you called in sick and sick of work does not count as an excuse as being sick. And you immediately thought about everything that you had done wrong. So when you thought about lifting your hands, when you thought about approaching, immediately you said, I can't do that because that would make me a hypocrite. And here's what I want you to understand today is that you've listened to the wrong gospel. When you think like that and you think, I'm going to come into his presence and immediately the thoughts of everything that you haven't done begins to come into your mind and you begin to think, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. Can I tell you something? You begin to listen to a perverted gospel, to a different gospel. Here's the thing, is I want to ask you a question, church. One voice is saying this, come into my presence. And the other voice is saying, stay away. You haven't done anything to earn it. Can I ask you, do you think God is trying to draw people to him or push them away from him? Which gospel are you listening to? Are you listening to the original gospel that says no matter what you've done, your mistakes, your faults, your failures, your sins, you can come into my presence because I loved you even when you were a sinner. Even when you fall short, even when you're unfaithful, I am faithful. Or are you listening to a gospel that says you better earn it? Because if you don't earn it, you don't deserve it. One is the voice of truth and one is a lie.
At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.